Hi, you're listening to audio from Rock Hill Church. To check out more resources, please visit rockhilllawrence.com. Thank you for joining us. Kids, I think we'll still dismiss kids. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Go be rowdy. If you've been with us, we've been studying through the book of John for a year now, Um, but we're taking a break from that today. Kind of in light of parent-child dedication, we're going to just speak from a psalm, um, Psalm chapter 127, is what we're going to look at today. Um, When I was a senior in college, um, it was the beginning of my senior year of college, I noticed a beautiful woman with red hair that I have known before, um, but I noticed her. If you know what I'm talking about, you just noticed her. Um, no, you don't notice my wife, but you notice somebody else. Um, and, so, and so I began to pray, God, is this um, somebody that I'm supposed to pursue or date or anything like that? And um, because of past hurt and brokenness in my life, I did not want to step ahead of God. And so I just asked God, what do you want? And he clearly laid a scripture on my heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so as I pray with that passage in mind, with those two verses in mind, I just feel like the Lord said to wait and not do anything about it. And so I did. We went on through our senior year, and we were coming to the end of our senior year of college, and, and I just had a long conversation with God, and I said, God, right now, Katie is about a mile and a half away from me in our small town of Oklahoma, and we're about to be 800 miles away. And so if you want to, for us to be together, now would be a really good time for me to do something about it, to at least declare my intentions of some kind. And God just clearly said, not now, to trust in the Lord. And so... I moved to San Antonio, she moved to Kansas, um, we're 800 miles away, um, and I began to pray, God, is this what you want? And so we're 800 miles away, and God finally said to pursue her, so we got to have a conversation, and I told her my intentions, I told her that I wanted to marry her without saying those words, that would have pushed her far away. Um, but about a year later, we were in a coffee shop, and we were talking about that time in March, of 2001, and when I declared that I wanted to pursue her and have a deeper friendship with her. And uh, we, had, we realized, or she shared with me, that if I would have had that conversation initially, even a month before I did, then she would have said, absolutely not, because things that are going on in her life. So it just showed me how that I had to truly trust and depend on the Lord. And I had to trust, even though it did not make sense to me, of being a mile and a half away from her, to not pursue her then, God just said to wait, and this is not the time, but God called me to a deeper level of trust and of waiting on him. In Psalm 127, this is what it says. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps wake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. 
Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with the enemies in his gate. For me, so many years ago, when I wanted to pursue Katie, Katie, it was, God was declaring to me, you're not to build this house. This is not a house that you're to build. You're not to try to make something happen and build it. But God wanted to build something for us instead. If I would have gone ahead like I wanted to, then likely we would not have been together. God wanted to build the house. But it required a deep sense of trust for me. This psalm was written by a man named Solomon, known to be one of the wisest, if not the wisest, man in the world. He is the son of a king, David, and he wrote this psalm. This psalm tells us a couple of things. It says, apart from the Lord, apart from the active dependence upon God, apart, tr- apart from trusting the Lord, our lives are not only pointless, but fruitless and restless. God wants us to have a deep sense of trust in him dependence upon him in everything that we do and there's three things that that three basic activities of life that this psalm talks about the first one is building a house is building things and constructing things and building our lives and making something known about our lives our ego our jobs making much of ourselves, God does not want us to say, I'm going to go build my life, but God wants us to trust him to build our life. Verse 2, it says, it is vain. No, in the end of verse 1, it says, the watchman keeps awake in vain unless the Lord guards the city. So not only building of our lives, but, but security. So often our lives are built around making us secure and comfortable. Whether that's pouring into our home, pouring into our apartment, taking care of our car, security. Whether that's worried about our retirement when that happens, security. If we don't learn, if we don't learn to trust God, Building and protecting are pointless and restless without the Lord. We can try all that we want to to build and protect ourselves, to keep us secure, to build things in our lives. But if we don't do it to, in a trust and in the dependence of God, it's pointless. And our lives will forever be restless. Over the Christmas break, our family got the privilege to go to the beach for, the, for Christmas and New Year. And I remember watching my daughter with Katie's dad her, and, and so Kate, Avery's grandpa um, just sitting at the beach right in front of the water building sand castles and building things day after day. And there were some times when they would build a little bit too close to the water and the waves would come in and just crash everything down and wash it all away and Avery was like, oh, again. But after a while she'd get really excited about that when the water would come in over her. 
But I think that's similar to this. If we're building and we're trying to make things secure in our life without depending upon God and without the foundation of trust in our Lord Jesus, the waves are going to come and just wash it all away. It's going to keep us endlessly frustrated. And it's going to keep us endlessly restless. There's a, a Latin motto that says, Nisi Dominus Frustra. And it comes from the first few words of this psalm, and it literally means, without the Lord, frustration. Without the Lord, frustration. It's the motto of Edinburgh, Scotland. It's on its crest, and it's on all the city documents. It could probably be attached to most of our lives, too. All of our lives, to be exact. Without God, our lives are just going to lead us to frustration restlessness, frustration. In that first verse, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. That word vain, if you're a Bible scholar, you know that I just mentioned this psalm was written by Solomon. And he also wrote a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. And in that book, he, uh, he says often, vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. And so what he's talking about in Ecclesiastes is that the best stuff that life can give apart from the Lord is empty. That everything that life can give you, whether it's money, whether it's prestige, whether it's things in this world, it's going to leave you empty if it's apart from the Lord. It won't fill you up. But in this verse, unless the Lord builds the house, they who labor in vain, they who build it labor in vain. It has a little bit different angle. It means that we can th- you can throw yourself into it, and in the end, you'll look at yourself in the mirror one morning and you'll say, What's the point of all of that? So it's not saying that everything in life is meaningless and everything we do in this world is pointless. But what it's saying is if you throw yourself into something, without a deep-seated trust and dependence on God, you're going to wake up one day and you're like, what's the point of all this? God has a bigger and better vision for our lives. He wants to give us rest. He wants to give us joy and peace. He wants to give give us himself. So if we try to build it ourselves, if we try to construct things and secure things and make things happen, it's going to be restless and futile and we're not going to be able to make it through. So not only, so I said earlier that there are three things the psalmist is talking about. The first one is building and the second one is securing. Security, protecting, protecting the city, protecting our family, protecting ourselves most of all. If we don't do that as a a dependence on the Lord, then it's going to be restless and our lives are not going to be what we're designed to have our lives be. But the second, or third thing is families. Our families are a gift from God, but our parenting and our aspirations must be entrusted to God. Let's read verse 3. Children are a gift 
from God, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak at the enemies of the gate. Verse 3 says our families are a gift from God. Parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins in this room, these precious babies that we dedicated today, these children, are a gift from God. I often say that having kids is one of the best things that happened to me, but it's also one of the hardest things that happened to me late nights or tired and not sleeping well. Giving of yourself day after day, hour after hour, sometimes minute after minute. But children are a gift from God that God wants to give to us. But in the context of this psalm, what this book, what the what Solomon wants us to understand is that if we just try to raise our children and lead our children and give to our children without depending upon God, without a deep-seated trust in the one who created them, then parenting and leading them is going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard. It's going to be restless. But God invites us to trust him with it. To trust him with our kids. I was told a long time ago that um, by a mentor of mine named Otis that God wants us to live our lives with an open hand. He doesn't want us to grab a hold of something when we're giving it, when we're given to it, when we're given something. He wants us to have our hands like that and let God just hold it right there. To be a steward of our kids. To point them to Jesus. You know, I was reflecting a lot this week on Deuteronomy chapter 6, where God tells the people to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But in verse 7 it says, to imp- I love how the NIV says it, impress upon your children these things. Not just pounce it over them and like demand it from them, but impress the ways and the truth and the life of Jesus upon them. That's what it means to have our, our parenting and our aspirations being entrusted to God. When we're entrusting these things to God. Jeff Cole always often told, tells us, he told me this past week, He said, all of these kids are all of our kids. He told me that at the coffee shop last week when I was talking about this message, that all of these kids in this community are all of our kids. So if you're a parent or if you're a teenager or something in between, when we committed to raise these kids and point them to Jesus and impress upon their hearts God and his son, that's a commitment that we all get to do. And we all get to be a part of. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. We get to be a part of that. This psalm has a, a warning to it. You're like, Brian, I didn't see any warning. I didn't see any like admonition to this passage. But it was written by the man named Solomon. Son of David. And Solomon... 
he had a difficult life with a lot of things that fell away. From, he fell away from the Lord in a lot of ways. And First Kings chapter nine, it talks about how his building, his building of the of things, became very reckless. A couple of chapters later, it talks about how his kingdom became a ruin. So his building and his security were not entrusted in the Lord like he wrote about in Psalm 127, but it was ruined. And even his marriages, his countless marriages, were not the way of God. Even raising his family was not the way that God desired. But we have hope. Not only as Solomon as our example of what happens when you don't entrust your life to God and trust God completely, but we have hope in Jesus. We have hope in, in Jesus that he is the one that we can trust. He is the one that we can come to. He is the one that is the one that we are to look at. An English Puritan 400, 500 years ago named Walter Marshall, he wrote this. He said, the way to get holy endowments and the qualifications necessary to frame and enable us to live the Christian life is to receive them out of the fullness of Jesus by fellowship with him and that we may have fellowship, we must be in Christ and have Christ himself in us by a mystical union with him. So what that's saying, if we want Jesus, if we want this idea of trusting in God, then we have to submit our lives to Christ. Trust him to be our friend, to be our mentor, to be our Lord and our Savior, to be Jesus. To be in Christ is everything. So if you're wanting to know how in the world do I follow after Jesus and trust him with my building and with my building things in my life, security in my life, protecting in my life, but as we did today, raising a family and raising these precious kids or grandchildren, it's going to require us to trust him. It's going to require us to depend on him. A lot of times it's hard. It's really easy to say. It's something totally different to actually put into practice and do. That's where Jesus comes in in our life thinking about this week about how hard it is sometimes to trust God. When sometimes it doesn't feel like that he's come through for you. And it's hard. So maybe today you maybe ask Christ to teach you how to trust. Just to teach you how to trust him. That's what I was doing this week is just asking God to teach me how to trust in this particular area of my life that I want to trust him for. So what are you wanting to trust God for? I invite you to ask him to increase your trust. It might be for your kids or your grandchildren. It might be for a job or a boss that's a struggle. I invite you to trust God Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the Lord is building the house. Those who build it labor in vain. Let's pray.
Jesus, I thank you for this psalm and thank you for the example that you gave us.